I'm licensed psychotherapist Greg Woodhill. Welcome to a Brave New Man podcast. On this show, we speak with both experts and non-experts in our goal of exploring all the ways that men are already getting it right, acknowledging all the ways that we're getting it wrong, and most importantly, learning how we can fix what needs to be fixed in order to have healthier, happier relationships and lives. Let's get started. Hello there, my friends. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really grateful you're joining us here today, and I want to thank you so much for listening. We're talking today about the embodied masculine, and we've talked on many of our episodes about how boys are taught when we're young that it's unsafe to show our emotions, so we learn to stuff them down deep inside of us, and they end up coming out in other ways, ways like passive aggression, addiction, compulsive behaviors, physical sickness, general feelings of unhappiness, and many, many more. You know, I've worked with so many men who will cry during one of our therapy sessions only to then refer to themselves as pussies for doing so. And that's the word they use. Let's be clear. We did not come into this world with any of these beliefs about ourselves. We came in as babies feeling very comfortable feeling and expressing our feelings. But then over time, we're taught that some of those feelings are unacceptable to our caregivers or our peers, and we learn how to suppress them, unfortunately. So if you've been listening, you know that I'm an enormous proponent of us all feeling the depth of our emotions and then having the courage to share those feelings with others. In today's interview, we speak with Josh Trent. He is the founder and host of Wellness Force Radio, whose mission is to help men and women discover physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. In this interview with Josh, we discuss many different aspects, actually, of masculine versus feminine energy, and we talk about the continuum from the most healthy expressions of those polarities all the way to the most unhealthy expressions, and then some of the things we can do to change the things we don't like in our own lives. Check in with yourself as you listen and ask yourself which types of these expressions you identify with in your own life. Josh Trent is the founder of Wellness Force Media, and he's the host of Wellness Force Radio Podcast. Josh has spent the past 16 years as a trainer, a researcher, and a facilitator discovering the physical and emotional intelligence for humans to thrive in our modern world. One of the things I love about listening to Josh talk is that he uses a lot of examples from his own life and shares many of his own struggles that he faced in order to teach others how to optimize their lives mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. He's a great example of what we call emotional vulnerability being actually a very masculine and strong expression of himself, who he is now, and he uses where he's come from to inform that. Here's Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello, Greg. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, I'm so happy to have you here, sir. You work with, as your mission, so much of what we preach on this show, which is the masculine energy, how to harness the strength and power of it, and keep it in healthy ways. So you're such a compliment. Everything I've heard and read of yours is really just so much along the lines of what we do, and I'm thrilled that you're here with us today. So thanks for joining us. 
You know, it's my pleasure, man. I have I have deep reverence and respect for the lane that you're cutting in your world and a brave new man. This audience is aligned with what I believe. So I'm stoked yeah. to be here. It's a perfect union right now, man. Um, yep. So can you start us off, Josh, with what is the masculine energy as you work with it in your own life and as you teach it? And how does it express itself in both healthy and unhealthy ways? The masculine energy, I mean, this is a very nuanced and deep and rich topic, but my simplistic definition of the masculine is an energy that's about completion, an mm. energy that's about coming to the end, the finish line, uh, the doing energy in the world, the you know you know the yin yang. It's it's the part of this wheel that we walk that allows us to execute, to climb a mountain, to publish a book, to go to a business and see it to fruition. Mm -hmm. It's this completion energy. Yeah. So doing energy, completion energy. And as you say that, I'm thinking about all genders on this planet and that we all have portions of this energy inside of us, correct? A hundred percent. I mean, the the conversation about gender fluidity is an interesting one. Um, I have some polarizing viewpoints on that. However, I do believe that masculine and feminine lives inside of us all, no matter who we are, man or woman. Yes. So in the healthiest ways, how does this masculine energy that you're describing express itself in the world? The healthy masculine in me is about using my gifts to serve other people. And, and while I do that, there is a space that sometimes feels very sticky. In other words, I can get stuck with my dial turned all the way to masculine mm. and ignore that feminine essence. The qualities of the masculine that I love are responsibility, mm. service, mm. being an oak tree. Visualize an oak tree in the middle of a field, in the middle of a storm. The tree bends, but it doesn't break. Yeah. And for, and for me, that's what I like to embody is, is really this oak tree metaphor. Yes. Can you give us an example of that happening in the world? On business calls, mm. there is an opportunity for me to be in my masculine, be directive, and also in this healthy angle, as we talk about masculine, there's an ability for me to be in that masculine where I'm communicating clearly and effectively, but I'm not being dominating. I'm not being the quote, quote, toxic, which whether you believe in that phrase or not, yeah. I'm not using the masculine power and wielding it from a place of unconscious truth. I'm yes. wielding the masculine from a place of conscious truth where I'm being directive, I'm being assertive, I'm being clear, but I'm not being manipulative and I'm not being dogmatic and uh, aggressive. Sure. And what's interesting is that we're at this intersection as a society where the roles of masculine and feminine have shifted so dramatically mm. in the past three to five years. And actually, Boysen Hodgson from the Mankind Project, he's famous for being quoted as saying, the, the death of the old masculine hasn't had time to grieve. Oh, and I really feel that in my core because for so long, women were treated and owned like property. You know, mm -hmm. the, the old masculine, that is now gone. And I don't care where you live, in America at least, um, the conversations are happening 20x with women being in power dynamics with men equally. So this is an interesting place for us to be. Yeah. And I think for a lot of men, we're wondering, how actually do I be? Mm. How actually do I be as a man in today's modern world? And that conversation involves both the masculine and the feminine and the embodiment of those two. Yes. And when you say that it's been shifting, can you say a little bit more about what shifts you see? Is it the empowerment of women? 
Yes. The big piece that I see and that I feel actually is I live here in Encinitas. It's a very spiritual community. Yeah. There's a lot of people that, you know, they might wear robes and gems around their neck. <laughs> and then there's the people that actually embody the lessons of really being conscious. Mm. So how I see this, for an example, women for a long time were on like property. And so if you look at the work of Eckhart Tolle, he talks about the rippling of the pain body. Yes. And so the pain body is still rippling from when women were on like property for so long. Mm -hmm. So as men, it's up to us to just first acknowledge that that pain body's still there. But also for women, it's a very slippery slope because in, when women have received power, because a lot of women I know and a lot of women in society are in, are in new structures of power, mm -hmm. they're getting used to being in power. Mm -hmm. And just like anyone that receives power, there's going to be a learning curve as to them using it from a conscious or unconscious place. Mm -hmm. So we see the rise of Me Too. We also see the rise of We Too, flipping the M to a W. Mm -hmm. And I think right now what's most exciting for me, and a clear example of this, is you really don't see the media focusing on uh, Me Too anymore. The, the conscious conversations that you and I are having are around we too. How do men and women up-level together instead of divisional language, which is me and mine too? Part of what I think is, is a big portion of what is growing and I want to continue to help grow is compassion, empathy, and understanding. So I think part of the Me Too movement opened men's eyes, or everyone's eyes, I should say, to how the power structures have been shaped throughout the years that have been very harmful to people that a lot of us out in the world had no idea because we just weren't living it so mm. if as a as a result of the me too movement well there's a whole hell of a lot of anger but there's a lot of understanding as well meaning that the gestalt of me understanding what it's like to be a man to be a woman to hear and listen to other people has come forward in the last several years which i think is is healthy and when we talk you said earlier about your masculine energy when it gets dialed up to a 10 let's say when does this drive that you're describing as the masculine energy become unhealthy or toxic? And I do uh, appreciate the word toxic masculinity as one way to compartmentalize and diagnose something that has been poisonous in society. Yeah, great question. I mean, a really deep question. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I have this sense that on your show, you, you explore a lot of depth. And so I'll try to compartmentalize this um, as easily as I can. But it's such a nuanced topic. It's going to be a little challenging. So I, I think that when we look at the dynamic of toxicity, that toxicity can exist in, in female or male behavior. So it's not exclusive to toxic masculinity. There, there is toxic femininity as well. Yes. So I want to make that clear differentiation. Certainly. But when we, when we look Look at the unhealthy behaviors of the masculine energy. You know, the, the masculine energy really rules the left brain. It's this logical thinking. It's, it's decisiveness. It's kind of getting to the goal, getting the prize. Mm -hmm. So the alluring muse that is the masculine energy of getting the prize, making the money, getting all the things, having the accomplishment, being at the top of the mountain, mm -hmm. that if we're not careful, it can appeal so much to the limbic brain. And that limbic mm -hmm. brain has stores of wanting novelty. Literally, there's a system designed in our brain that's from human evolution to seek out novelty. Yes. So as a male, if we're constantly seeking out novelty, we're not being conscious mm -hmm. of the reward circuitry in our brain, then we can fall victim to our own biology. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really the, the unconscious that is ruling the conscious, as Jung would say. Mm -hmm. So if right now in our society, there are men that are being so driven by the limbic brain and so driven by novelty and, and just by all these dopamine and serotonin hits that we see on social media. Mm -hmm. That is actually a driver. It's an engine 
of masculinity in the wrong conscious channel. Okay. And, and I think that will, that is just one thing that we can explore. Well, I think that's a great place to go. I wonder, Josh, how does someone listening to this ask themselves, am I doing that which Josh is describing? Take a massive deep breath. Mm. It sounds too simple. Your, <laughs> your, your logical brain is going to say it's not that simple, but I mm. promise you breathwork has transformed me for, for so many reasons. If you do what's called box breathing, I learned this from Mark Devine. He's the uh, founder of SealFit, Unbeatable Mind Academy. They use this. It's called tactical breathing, and this is before um, people go to war. It's five-second inhale, five-second hold, five-second exhale, five-second hold. Wow. You do that for as many times as you need before you feel like you're actually in your body and you're out of your head. From that place, you can take an emotional inventory. And, it, and the emotional inventory is as simple as having a piece of paper, drawing a line down the middle. On the left side, write all the things that you love about your life. Mm. On the right side, write all the things that you know are causing you pain, are causing you the results you don't want. Put 10 on each side. Circle one on the left, circle one on the right, and that is your deepest truth in this moment. That is the emotional inventory after the breath work that any man can use anywhere. Wow. And what does a person do with those two answers? When you get to that place and you understand that this is where the courage really gets, gets inspired, once you know the thing that you love the most, the thing that you're most grateful for, you use that as fuel in, to, to make the change towards letting go of and deleting the thing on the right, the thing you don't want, the thing that's causing you pain. Mm -hmm. In the middle of, of change is a bridge of courage. And courage can only be brought out of the human by them stepping into their fear. And typically in structures of society or in tribes, we would be modeled that stepping into fear by our elders. Yes. But as men, we have lost this ability. And, and, and actually Robert Moore and, and Doug, Douglas Gillette talked about this in King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. This understanding of in the masculine psyche specifically, if we don't have a male role model for us to model courage, if we're not in a tribe where that courage has been modeled, then it's our responsibility as divine masculine to model that courage for ourselves. Yes. And I think when we talk about this emotional inventory, the 10 things on the left, the 10 things on the right, circle the one you're most grateful for, circle the one on the, on the right that you know you want to change the most. Mm -hmm. In the middle of that is modeling courage. Mm -hmm. And the courage to change, it could be calling a friend, telling them what the thing is. It could be going to a men's group. It could be listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like the truth is undefeated. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's such a beautiful example of taking an inventory. And I love how it starts with taking a deep breath. And I think that is yeah. so important what you're saying, Josh. And it does take courage. You know, I saw something and uh, I've talked about it on the show before. But to be honest, I just don't want to stop talking about it. Game seven of the semifinals in the NBA for the Eastern Conference, they, it ended on a, a, a buzzer beater shot by the home team. And one of the stars of Philadelphia, uh, Joel Embiid, he lost and their season was over. And effective immediately, he started to cry. And mm -hmm. one of the players from the other team, while had every reason to celebrate and jump around, he went over, hugged him. They held hands and, you know, hugging each other. And he was just talking to him in his ear loud. The crowd is going crazy. And it was just this beautiful moment between two men. And then, by the way, that spread and, and he walked, you know, to some of his other teammates and he cried 
outwardly cried all the way down the tunnel and the camera filmed him doing it, I thought that was absolutely beautiful. And I can imagine that that might be a polarizing thing. There might be people saying that that was invasive or that he should have waited. My, my thought about that was I was full of love and pride for this man that I don't know, that he had the courage to allow himself to emote this deep hurt and sadness he was feeling in that moment and that his brothers even the opponents that he had been playing against were circling around him to just give him love in that moment i think that was a step forward in sports in consciousness and again going back to your word courage it takes deep courage and strength to be able to show your emotions like that because our gender has not been encouraged throughout our lives to do that Oh, I I love everything you've said because I literally am feeling in my body. I'm flashing back to when I was in high school. Mm. I went to high school in um, 1994 through 1998. So like in that time, La Mesa, East County, we're talking flat build hats, pickup trucks, a very like uh, blue collar area. Emotional intelligence was not the conversation. And I can specifically remember being in high school, not having a home to go to where my father was emotionally intelligent to hold space. My mom's manic bipolar at the time. And I'm wondering, what the hell do I do? Like, what do I do? So I found this drug called food that led to gaining weight, which then led me to being a trainer, which then led me to exploring consciousness. And now here we are, uh, you know, on on the phone, many, many thresholds breach later. And so this for me is a moment where I think about this basketball player you mentioned. Mm -hmm. We can only imagine where this person came from and the absolute courage for him to be able to literally let his emotions flow on television. I mean, this is, is evidence. This is clear evidence that right now our collective consciousness is up leveling faster than ever before. Men are being able to be in their feminine and their, and their masculine at the same time, which then gives them a bigger bandwidth to operate in the world. That's what's most exciting. And it, it, it's a freeing time if we choose to to throw down the gauntlet and walk down that courageous path, which is, again, so much of the work that you do and that many other conscious men and women are doing. And can you break down what you mean by emotional intelligence, Josh? Yes. I love this question because I used to think of intelligence as somebody who was smart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not the case. No. True intelligence has three phases. True intelligence is somebody that, A, under, underlaced behind, behind all, all intelligence is they're curious. I think that's the spark of life is curiosity. Ooh, yes. But within, within intelligence, that undercurrent of curiosity fuels three things. And the first one is the gathering of information. And this is where a lot of men get stuck. They get stuck in the gathering phase, phase one. They'll get all the PDFs. They'll get the books. They'll go to Tony Robbins. They'll do all the things. And then what? Mm. They have a bookcase full of books but they're not in a relationship, they don't have a body they love, and they feel bad in their own skin. Yeah, that's not, that's not serving us. So what transcends us to the second phase is applying, applying the knowledge, putting on the sweater and seeing if it itches, mm. right? Like really giving it the go, yeah. talking to women in public, going on cold approaches, uh, reaching out to new friends, trying new things, learning about oneself. This is the, in the second phase. This is where we learn about ourselves. Yeah, so how about starting then, a podcast? Starting a podcast, <laughs> right? Right now, 
there are men that are listening and, and women as well who are in maybe phase one, two, but the real gusto, the real gravitas, what we're all actually seeking is phase three. And phase three is embodiment. Mm. This is where we, we have the lessons we've gathered, we've applied, we've gone back and forth, we've sifted, we've sorted. And now we're in this space of embodying. You, we all know that feeling when we're around someone and we just like being around them. It's because they're embodying a signature energy that makes us feel amazing. It makes us feel great when we're around them because you know what? That same embodiment, that same signature spark, that energy that we feel in the person mm -hmm. who's embodying, it's the same one inside of us. We're just, we're just excited by it because that person is emitting that vibration. They're yeah. emitting that energy. So gather, apply, embody. Embodiment is what we're all working towards. And that has its own timetable. So you've talked in your work about what you call the inner young man. I do with a lot of my clients and certainly throughout my life with myself what is has been called throughout the years inner child work. Are we talking about the same type of thing? Is it tapping into, like you just mentioned a moment ago, a younger version of yourself who went through confusing, painful, sometimes very traumatic times and touching into that place inside of us with the loving, compassionate adult that we are today? Yeah. We need each other. And this is a dying art form that is especially in groups of men. Um, we're seeing this being revitalized and through your work, through conscious conversations, through David Data, through John Wineland. We're seeing men allow themselves, literally allow themselves to need each other. And then, of course, the, to the degree we're going to show up for other men is the degree that we're in touch with our inner young man. Mm. That's how this game actually works mm. because we are put here in this reality, however you want to describe it, whether it's holographic, whether it's 3D, whether it's a simulation or whether this is the only thing. However you look at our life, the way that we have the connection to our entire life. Think of this, the same eyes that I'm looking out of right now, those are the exact pair of eyes that I looked out of when I came out of my mother. Wow. I'm still the same man. It's just that I've learned lessons and I've grown and I've up-leveled along the way. So if I can have a true respect and a true holding, I mean, some of the healing work I've done has been so powerful with plant medicine because I was able to go back in this altered state of consciousness, put my arm around young Josh, let him know that it wasn't his fault, and really let it go, like the yes. embodiment of letting it go. And, and that right there is the true connection to this inner young man. There's so much power in what you're saying, and I just believe wholeheartedly in the process that you're describing, because part of the way that boys who become men are taught is, I have to do it myself. I have to take care of everything myself, or I should be able to just make a decision and let all of the problematic stuff go away. Now, I have yet to meet the person who can do it like a snap of the fingers like that. So <laughs> right. sometimes if yeah. I say to somebody, give yourself some compassion and understanding for what you went through, a person says, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I, I, mm. I'm tough on myself. What you're talking about right now is a way of harnessing the loving and compassion inside of you, but finding a way to look into the younger part of yourself that you can be loving and compassionate as if it was your own nephew or your own son or a little kid that you wanted to help, that you can give that love to the inner child 
inside of you. And some yeah. men, that is the only way they can give themselves permission to give themselves uh, self-love. And a question I have for you, Josh, is what is our inner dialogue and what is self-love? Now, I understand that could be a five-hour answer right there, but as you <laughs> as right. you teach self-love and how people can talk to themselves in a self-loving way, what is what is the Sesame Street version of what that means and how we can do it? The definition of true self-love is the awareness of what is without us getting in the way. I mean, that's really our journey here is to understand that love is actually all there is mm. and I love this Sesame Street version. You know, if you look at Big Bird, children don't wonder why Big Bird, Big Bird is big. They just love Big Bird. <laughs> you know, the, yes. the, same, the same energy and embodiment of love and self-love, we all know it when yeah. we're young. Yeah. We just forget who we are. We forget how powerful we are. Why do we, we forget, forget how loving we are. I think we forget because that's, that's actually consciousness expressing itself through us as we're here to understand just how magical and powerful we are. Mm. And then once we do that, that's the degree of the quality of our life and that's the degree that consciousness experiences itself. So is it our experiences as kids that teaches us that that inner light, that inner love that we are born with isn't part of who we are? It absolutely is part of who we are. The, the metaphor is this. Um, when cattle ranchers have a, a, a cattle, a cow, they'll brand something into that cattle. This is what happens when we're young. We get imprinted. We get branded with a certain set of beliefs wow. that are so visceral and so traumatic for most people that the subconscious mind will literally lock them in an abyss because they're so, uh, they're so fear-provoking that as adults, the conscious mind doesn't want to deal with them because let's face it, as adults, we have bills, responsibility, children, businesses to grow, things that are just demanding our constant attention. So the body is a very smart mechanism. It is a homeostatic balancing mechanism. We have a barometer inside of us that is constantly trying to achieve optimal middle. Yeah. So for most men and women that are overstressed, overworked, especially which that conversation stems more to economic policy and the way people are treated in our country. Mm. But what's really going on is that we have uh, men that are not in touch with that deep subconscious layer and that branding that occurred, to go back to the cattle analogy, that branding that occurred from conception to seven, that's when we decide how our life's going to be. Mm. And if you look at the most of, most of the research that's out there, whether it's Bruce Lipton or Dispenza or even some of the work that you do, everything that happens in those first seven years, we either deal with it, process it, and let it go, or we stuff it down. Yeah. And that's what drives addiction. That's what drives disconnection. And it's honestly what drives a lot of the way that men and women have treated each other for so long is this lack of permission slip to feel our damn feelings. Yes. And that's what's changing right now. And that's the voice that I represent. I love that voice. And I love that that shift is happening. The cattle branding example is, is perfect in my opinion. And I think of it as I hear you talk about like the matrix, about being in a world, believing that everything around you is real and everything you think about yourself and your limitations are real without realizing that you were taught all those things. It's programming. It's not reality. And what I've heard you say, and I think you even said it here today, is the way out is love. Love, letting love in from other people, letting our own love in, and then being able to share that love with other people. That is one of the ways to bring us back to this natural place that we were born to be. Mm. 
gives me chills just to hear you say that. Mm. I mean, that that is the that is what we're all remembering. And I yeah. loved your question, like you know, why are we remembering ourselves? What are we actually doing here? I'm 39 years old, and my my real definition of that, my understanding of that, has changed so much in the past two years. Mm. And, and in my truth in this moment, which our truth always can evolve and change, yes. but my truth in this moment about what we're actually doing here is to learn who we are and to learn that we're love. Yeah. And everything else just gets in the way. Yes. So we can support other people in doing that and certainly can support ourselves in doing that. What steps can men take right now? You gave us that emotional inventory, which is a beautiful exercise. What steps can men take to harness that goodness, that love, that aliveness, and frankly, that courage that you're talking about? What would a next step or two be for men who are looking to get more of that, which you're describing, Josh? The deepest edge for, I believe, the majority of the masculine is not thinking that they're good enough or that it'll be too uncomfortable to open up to other men. And what happens typically with men is they'll feel the emotion come up where they want to connect. They'll have a sense that it's time to open up and talk to people. But then you know what gets in the way? An old belief, an old microchip that says, don't talk about your feelings, you pussy. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that comes up. Yeah. So first of all, the first step, my men, is just to recognize that that's not you. <laughs> yeah. That has nothing to do with who you are. Yeah. What you're feeling is actually who you are. Yeah. And those feelings are, are clues and guideposts to the truth. And the truth is you deserve connection. We're, we need each other. Yes. If you look at how tribes were raised, we have an empathetic wiring in our brain for a reason. Yeah. This needing of one another, it's not needing someone is not a bad thing. Needing someone is honoring the ancestors and and where we actually came from. Yeah. They needed each other. And we, we are just a stone throw away from from them. Don't don't be fooled, my friends. All these buildings and technology and tablets and all these things that make us feel cozy and cush and taken care of, those can be taken away at any moment. And what we're going to be left with, if we're not careful, is a society of watered down, disconnected, porn watching, completely aggressive bullying children yeah. that never actually dealt with the branding that happened when they were a child themselves. Yeah. And that's that's what we get to transcend by having these types of conversations so that first step is to recognize literally recognize that that voice that comes up that says you're a pussy you're not good enough what are you doing that's not you right that's the first step what you're talking about here is really having people engage with each other in such a way that is open-hearted and real and that leads to great healing and in that the masculine part of them can come forward organically and be the leader be directive, but also be inclusive at the same time. I love this. I love this. If I may just chime in because you're, you're getting me really excited here. Mm. The, the same voice that creates you're a pussy, don't feel this, what's the matter with you? Yeah. That is actually a very low level emotion. It is a shaming emotion. Yeah. And if you look at Hawkins scale of emotions, it's the lowest frequency we can feel. Yep. I want to challenge the men that are listening. This is a, a key takeaway. The same way that we might look at being tough as not feeling how hard that feels, how aggressive that feels, how masculine you want to paint it. It's not as if all of a sudden feeling our feelings is going to be any less masculine. And in fact, feeling our feelings is going to take even more of our energy to process, to go through. So men that are feeling like, oh, I can't feel my emotions because that's weak. I challenge you to feel your emotions and watch how much more of a man you actually become. 
Yes, I, I couldn't agree more with what you said. Josh, I love what you do. I love uh, what you stand for. Thank you so much for joining us and everything you shared with us. It felt like five minutes, uh, but we covered a lot in a short amount of time. If people want more of Josh Trent, they hear what you're saying, they want to hear you more, you have an amazing podcast, where do they find you? Wellness Force Radio, we talk about physical and emotional intelligence, this nexus between being a beast in a body, in a meat suit, uh, <laughs> in <yeah>. outer space <laughs> on a rock, and then also being a soul. You know, like, what do we do to meet the demands of the modern world? We explore that on Wellness Force, and if you go online, it's just wellnessforce.com. Great. And on wellnessforce.com, uh, your podcast, things that you pitch, your blogs, the people you work with, there's a lot of different things on there that they can immerse themselves in your work. Yes. And we, I would love actually to give your audience a guide. It's the M21 guide. It's a lot of what you and I explore. Um, it's at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. It's six principles that I've developed and honed over these 300 episodes that I believe in my heart are the best for men and women um, to start your day. You know, everybody's looking for like the perfect day starter. Yes. There is no perfect, but there is some science behind what is the handful of things that'll actually help you. And, and that's at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that. Josh, thanks for being here, man, and keep doing what you do. Thank you for having me. You know, I'm honored with the work that you do in the world, and I'm looking forward to talking with you on Wellness Force. So yes. just a deep honor, hands together for being on your show. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Okay, so what now? Josh pointed out an extremely important first step, which is to realize that when you have a feeling and then you hear that voice inside of your head that says, you're a pussy, you're not good enough, you're bad, you're wrong, the voice that I call shame, to just recognize and remember that is not your voice. That is a voice that you learned. It was put there through experience and through the words of other people and to remember that your voice is loving and kind and compassionate toward yourself. So turn down the volume on the voice of criticism and shame and turn up the volume of love and compassion. Now I want to add a second step here that is right along the lines of what Josh was talking about, which is to open up and talk to someone else about your feelings. Make sure it's someone safe, a friend, a family member, your partner, a therapist, a coach, a doctor, somebody who you feel can really hear you and be with you and share your feelings with other people. It is one of the most healing propositions on this planet. I'll say this again and again and again because it's universal and we can connect with that part of other people who have experienced similar things as we have. I, as a therapist, in my personal life, have experienced shame and hurt and guilt and feelings of inadequacy and all of those other feelings that have become so normalized for us to want to hide from the public. And I am so very willing to acknowledge that I have had in the past and that I currently experience some of those feelings from time to time because we are human. I wouldn't want a therapist who have never experienced any sort of shame or guilt or heartbreak or, or hurt. It's part of the human experience that allows us to connect with other people and help walk with them through what they're going through at any given time. So whatever you feel on whatever end of the spectrum, share it with somebody. And the more you do, the more normal it will become and it will strengthen that resolve inside of you to remember your feelings are good and so are you. 
Remember what Josh said about our beliefs being branded to us, just like horses or cattle. We experience these things in childhood, and then we buy into them as reality. And in our imaginations, I just have this vision of looking at the brand, as Josh said, and just taking your hand and sloughing it off, letting it go, applying love and compassion to it. Because we can brand ourselves however we want, because we don't need to be defined as other people defined us back when we were young. And finally, go look around Wellness Force Radio, wellnessforce.com backslash M21. Josh said it's a list of things that'll help you start your day in all the ways that we talk about here on this podcast. Remember, we all have strong moments. We all have vulnerable moments. And we can all be there with each other and for each other in order to continue growing and loving all of the parts inside of us that we've tried to hide from others. Keep being courageous. Keep taking new steps. Keep letting other people see the real you. And we'll meet you back here next week. Be well, everybody. Thanks for listening to A Brave New Man Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to A Brave New Man on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And come follow us on Instagram at A Brave New Man Pod. That's A Brave New Man P-O-D for updates on the show and our daily words of wisdom. See you next time.